Well, good morning, Genesis. It's good to be with you guys today. Um, let's not read the iPad mini upside down. Um, you can't. Okay. We could have had some serious issues with the iPad mini if I had to preach the whole sermon upside down. You understand me? <laughs> guys, it's just wonderful to be with you guys today. Um, just so thankful for Michael. Um, his friendship, his heart, his pastoral heart. Um, we've had a, a few lunches together where I've just been able to ask him questions about leadership and, and knowing God and loving people. And it's just been so helpful with my walk with God and, and, and serving as a pastor. I'm so thankful for you guys and your support and your prayers. Just someone in the past service has been so generous to Restoration Road. And I haven't met him for three years. I actually hugged the wrong guy last year thinking it was him. We had a great conversation, but it wasn't the guy. And I got to meet him today, and just his heart and his, his love for someone he didn't even know, but only heard preach a few times and cast a vision for a church. And just so inspiring to know that God raises up people everywhere, because it's not just about Genesis, just about Restoration Road, just about Milestone, just about any other church. It's about Jesus Christ and making him known, amen, and making disciples. So it's just wonderful. I've been so encouraged by you guys. Um, and the love you have for me, my family, and our church. Um, it's always an honor and privilege to preach here. It's just a wonderful time. My daughter Talia came with me. Let me embarrass her right now. Could we give her a hand clap? She thought she was only doing two services, but going three. So I'm going to, I get to preach on, um, and I hope you encourage that God is so patient today, that God is patient. That's a sermon series we're in. Many of you were all in different places, uh, but I can testify to one thing. God has had to be patient with all of us, and he loves being patient with us. He loves to love us and show off his steadfast love and bear with us and teach us and grow us and show his grace. We're all in different places today. Some of us might feel like God is angry with you all the time. You might really feel that. God is just a frustrated heavenly father who's just, these are strong words, but just is sick of you. That he's sick of dealing with you. Let me tell you something. You might feel that you've out sinned, uh, that God doesn't want to deal with you anymore, but God is so long-suffering, that couldn't possibly be true. He loves you more than you can imagine, and he's more patient with you than you could ever imagine. And the scriptures reveal that. My prayer for you today is that you personally feel that God is so patient with you, so long-suffering with you, that he doesn't deal with you or deal with us according to our sins, but he deals with us according to his steadfast love. And that shows off that he's, he's so slow to anger. He's not over you, waiting and angry. He is pleased with you because of the work of Christ. Amen? He loves you deeply. And when we know this kind of love, this kind of patience, this attribute of God, this perfection of God that he is patient, that's when we can really grow. You can't grow in love. You can't grow in the mission of God. You can't grow in worship when you feel wrongly that God is always angry with you. But you can grow in the beauty of Christ when you know that the gentle hands of your loving father is so patient, working on you, working on your heart, working on your soul, working on your life, and making you who he has called you to be, amen? He will finish the work that he started because he's such a patient God. 
This, this past Sunday at Restoration Road, I got to hear from five members who shared their testimonies. And what really stuck out to me, among other things, was these people, these men and women, talked about how all throughout their life they had made wrong life choices. They had taken wrong paths. They had tried to walk away from God. They had sinned over and over again, had seasons of sin. But what they kept proclaiming over and over again in their testimony, testimony was, God never gave up on me. He was always there. He has always been there. He never gave up. His steadfast love was moving me and patient with me and loving towards me. And he had made them what they were today. And what they were that day was loved by God still after all those years. And I heard the worship leader say this early. Of being inconsistent. God was so consistent. Consistently patient. Can we all testify to that? God is so consistently patient. And that what's, that's what makes us worship with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's what, what makes us love others. That's what makes us grow. And I want us to feel that today, wherever you are. The passage I'm going to read from today is Psalm 103, verses 7 through 12. It says, He made known his ways to Moses. His acts to the people of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. So today, maybe you're struggling. Like I said, with knowing God is patient, I pray, I pray that after this message, you know that he's fully, infinitely, everlastingly, everlastingly patient with you. Um, we're going to focus on three points today. That God reveals he is patient that God is patient with us, and that God can show off his patience through us to others. So let's start with here. God reveals himself as patient. If I just get up here and say God is patient, don't just take me on my word unless it's matched by the word of God. Amen? Many people speculate, but our speculation can be tainted. Our observations can be off. And when some people look at this world and look at their lives, they might testify wrongly that God isn't patient, but he is everlastingly and eternally patient with us. How do we know this? Because God reveals it through his word written by the Holy Spirit. God is patient. And when God reveals something about his, himself, I can live my life according to that. I can receive that. I can grow in that. And a very important part of this text is he made his ways known to Moses. We can't miss that. Because David is looking back and he's referring to something that God revealed to Moses about himself. The Hebrew word for long-suffering is slow to anger, and we understand that as patient. And to understand this context, we've got to understand that Exodus 34.6 is the first time I know of that God says he's patient. And when he does it, it's important for understanding the love that God has for us and how slow to anger he really is. 
He had just, just delivered the people of Israel from slavery for hundreds of years. They were in slavery, in bondage, oppressed, hard labor. God frees them through mighty signs and wonders the world had never seen before. He opens up the sea. He shows off his power and might, his miracles. He fights for them. He's with them. He loves them. He makes covenant with them. And when they come across that Red Sea and they settle in on the mountain, or below at the bottom of the mountain, Moses goes up and he gets the Ten Commandments. God writes with his very fingerprints his commandments with the greatest commandment to love him and how to love him and love others as a community to live in love, peace, and joy. Moses comes down that mountain with that revelation. God's caring for them. He's showing himself to them. What are the people of God doing? They're worshiping other gods. They have made two golden calves. They're in all forms of debauchery, all forms of corruption. And Moses is so mad, the scriptures say he burned hot, that he tombstones the Ten Commandments. He smashes them. Do you know how mad you have to be to smash the Ten Commandments? I've been in pastoral ministry a lot, long time. I've heard of people smashing a bunch of stuff. I heard one guy, he bought his girlfriend a 55-inch flat screen. He found out she cheated on him. He smashed that flat screen on the, on the floor. He said, she's not being entertained on the TV I paid for. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just sharing a testimony. <laughs> I've heard of marital couples who have thrown phones off kitchen cabinets. They're so mad. None of you, of course. You're too holy for that. Young men who give their life to video games who smash remote controls when they can't make it to the next level of God of War. I've heard of people smashing stuff. I'm not trying to condemn you if you play video games. Do it in moderation. I felt like a bunch of young men said, shoot, I knew I was playing too long. But you got to burn hot. Now, all those things you can get at Best Buy again. Right? When God just wrote with his own finger the commandments of God, and you are so angry that you smashed them. You have seen debauchery and he's seen corruption. He realized that the people of God turned on the love of God when he had only been faithful and loving to them. But guess what God does after this? This is to show you who our God is. He says, Moses, get two more tablets and meet me at the top of the mountain again. Meet me up there again. And in Exodus 34, 6, this is what he proclaims to Moses after people have sinned and rebelled after he only loved them. It says, the Lord passed before him, Moses, and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God pronounces and proclaims his patience after the people had sinned tremendously. He's revealing to us something very important, that he is patient, he is long-suffering, and he's slow to anger. What a wonderful truth, huh, Genesis? That our God is patient like that. Imagine we served a God who was always angry. There would be no hope for any of us. How could we grow in that kind of environment? But God proclaims, I'm slow to anger. I'm infinitely long-suffering. And even though you persist in sin, I will persist Impatience towards you. The second point is God is patient with us. And this is the thing I've been praying for you all week. That you know that God is personally patient with you. Not with the person next to you. Not with other people who are doing good enough to earn God's patience. 
But God is patient with you and with me. Imagine the response of the people of Israel when Moses came down that mountain after they had sinned so grievously. How would they expect God to respond? Moses comes down with the Ten Commandments proclaiming that your God, our God, is slow to anger, forever patient. And you see that patient all through the Bible. You see God so patient and loving with his, his people. God's steadfast love cannot and will not be shaken by our persistent sin. He will deal with us with patience according to his persistent love as our text teaches us today. So I want to share personally a period in my life where God was really teaching me that he was patient. Like if you asked me and I said God was patient, I'd say, yeah, but my life didn't show that. The way I live my life, my actions, the way I treat people, all that, um, it didn't partner with that truth that God was infinitely patient. Um, and it was little ways God started showing me it. Like on Netflix, I don't know if they still do this, they categorize the movies you like. And they categorized my movies, and 95% of my movies were like running out of time movies. I realized I was in a rush constantly in my life. I was patient with no one. Don't talk to me more than 36 seconds. I only got so much time. I was impatient all over the place. And I thought, that's the way that God dealt with me. Can anyone relate with thinking God's always angry with you? I, I know I felt like that. I felt like, man, God's always angry with me. Maybe I'll do better tomorrow. But God graciously started teaching me that he was patient. And he used a simple yard story to help me out. I hate yard work with a passion. I don't want to mow anything in heaven. I pray the new heavens and new earth is no yard work. The angels do it. My father-in-law, I asked him to help me. There was a bush in my front yard. It was thrown off the symmetry of the yard. I couldn't deal with it. I said, we got to remove this bush. i got to get it out of here. So I had my father-in-law help me out. He loves yard work with a passion. He shows up with a shovel from 1894 that had been passed down from four generations. His father was a landscaper. His father was a landscaper. His grandfather was a landscaper. Just this passion. He loved it. Saturday, he just get up like, what are we going to trim? And I was like, I can't live like this. So we're looking at this bush. And I'm standing there. He's got the shovel. He's ready to do it. I got an attitude and I want to get it done. So I attack this bush, try to manhandle it out of the ground. I'm cutting myself. I'm sweating. I'm frustrated. I'm trying to take it out in a minute because it's not taking my Saturday. In my mind, that's what I'm telling myself. I'm ripping at this bush. Late 20s, early 30s, I think I'm stronger than I am. I look over at my father-in-law and he has this confused look on his face. He says, Joey, you're trying to do something in a minute that's going to take you a half an hour. And I said, man, this, this dude's right. And he walked over with his 1894 shovel, and he began to dig. And I was so moved by his, like, you know people say that one statement, it just all comes together. And I just kind of submitted to the truth, and I started helping him. We were trimming. We were shoveling, we were taking out roots, we were pulling, we were sweating. It took us roughly a half an hour. But that bush was removed, 
the symmetry and the beauty was returned to my yard and we stood there in victory. Why do I share that story with you? Because in that story, God taught me his patience and said, Joey, I'm like your father-in-law. I'm not like you. I'm taking my time working on you. See, because I have so many wrong motivations in my heart, so many idolatry, so many bad habits, so many character deficiencies, so many sins that need to be rooted out. It's going to take a lifetime through the gospel of grace and the patience of God for me to look more like Jesus every day. And when I realize God is taking his time, he's not like me. See, we think God, at least I do, and I don't know if you can relate. I think God's like me. He's just ripping and like, what's wrong with you? Why haven't you got it yet? I'm sick of you. Man, if you do this two more days, you're out of the covenant. Like we feel these kind of feelings. And like Greek philosophers, we impose who we are and make the gods like us when God is nothing like us. God is eternally patient. And he's taking his time removing the wrong motivations of our heart. Removing those sins that so easily beset us. Maybe not taking away our weaknesses, but showing us that he is our strength in our weaknesses. That's what God is doing. And I want you to hear that today, wherever you are in your life. I don't know what you're struggling with. I just know everyone is struggling with something. Are you struggling with anger? God is slow to anger. And will take his time to show you gentleness and produce the fruits of the Holy Spirit in your life. Are you struggling with loving other people? I really, two years ago, and as a pastor, had to say, God, I don't love people like I should. Help me to love people. I'm struggling to love people. I want to give up because everyone's letting me down. That was just my own self-righteousness. If you're struggling with loving other people, God is long-suffering and will teach you how to genuinely love people through the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you struggling with being thankful and content with the life that God has given you? God is patient. He will show you in his time that you are right where you're supposed to be and he's pleased with you. He's pleased with you. He's not angry and thinks, why aren't you there? Or angry and thinks you took a left when you should have took a right. And angry and think you, all your bad decisions have got you here. Those are the voices of the flesh that we hear from sinful vessels, not redeemed by the grace of God. God says, I'm pleased where you are. I'm sovereign. I'm providential. I've been patient with you. And your persistent sin will never outlast my persistent patience. Because God is patience. Amen. You know, I could ask you a hundred questions and maybe you have different things that you're just almost frustrated with yourself about that it hasn't been changed yet. God's going to do that work because he's patient. He's going to change you because he loves you. Because when we look at ourselves, right, we know ourselves deeply. How can God be patient with me? I'm, I'm filthy. I'm a sinner. I'm always aggravated. I'm always frustrated. I don't even want to be here now. How can God be patient with me? And here, please hear this answer. Because he doesn't deal with us according 
to our sins. If we dealt with us according to our sins, he would always be mad at us. But he deals with us according to the cross of Christ, which paid for our sins. So God deals with us with the righteousness of Christ, not our sins. Amen. That is the key. And that's why verse 10 says he does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us for our iniquity. The reason God's posture and disposition towards us is patience is because of the blood of Christ speaks a better word than any sin that me and you have ever committed. Just a better and a patient word, a forgiven word, a cast as far as the east is from the west word, as high as the heavens. That's how much God loves us and is patient with us, that he doesn't deal with us according to our iniquities because of the cross of Christ. And the third point that I want us to really think of. So God is patient. He revealed that to us. God patient with us personally and doesn't deal with us according to our sins, but Christ's righteousness because of the cross of Christ. So when he looks at us, he sees us innocent and blameless. And we are eternally loved. The third thing, we take that patience and God shows off his patience to others through us. I don't know if you've been in the world recently, but there's not too many patient people out there. How the road's doing? People are crazy out there. I saw a guy cuss at an elliptical yesterday. Hit it, cussed at it, screamed fully out in the gym. Just screamed at it. I was like, now we're yelling at machines? They don't even have life? Christ followers, those who follow Jesus, can show off the patience of God to a world that is starving for it. People are starving for people who will be patient with them and be long-suffering with them and be slow to anger with them. I want to share just one story. There was this man, um, years ago we planted a church, as you know, and we got a Catholic auditorium to meet at a Catholic high school. High walls, needed paint, very old. I thought it was a fantastic idea to invite people to help paint. I regretted it the instant they started painting. You'd think bodies are just good for painting. It's not true. If people don't know how to paint, they can hurt the mission. <clears throat> These four guys showed up and said, give me a roller. I was like, yes, we're going to get this done. As I saw their painting skills, I realized they didn't have the gift. There were these long poles, and I don't know if you know Splatoon. My daughters used to play Splatoon, and the goal is to get the whole floor painted. We were painting the wall. It looked like we were painting the floor. And God was working my heart and working on my patience. And I was like Moses. I burned hot, but I didn't show it. And I up the next to this guy who was the worst painter of the bunch. And he literally, I kind of told everyone, be careful of the floors in a loving, gentle way. It didn't happen. This guy went and just splatooned the whole floor. And he's done, okay. Well, when he splatooned it, he kind of realized, oh shoot, that's bad. He looked at me with fear in his eyes. His name was Ross. And by the grace of God, I said, Ross, we'll clean that up later. Don't even worry about it. His response is what really got me. 
because his whole facial expression changed. Almost like awe, like he was trying to deal with something that he had never felt before. And he looked at me and said, that is the first time in my life that anyone has ever been patient with me. Can you imagine that? The first time in my life. And he talked about that for months, and he was just getting to know the gospel. But just a simple act of patience rooted in the gospel changed someone's day and could draw them to the Christ. Amen? It's so important. So I want to give a few things in everyday life where we can be patient to others. And I'm telling you, this is the place, these are the places, these are the people where we interact the most. Every day we interact with people, and when we interact with patients, it can change lives and draw people to God. The first one, like I said, be long-suffering on the roads. That's simple but powerful. That's simple but powerful. Don't be that person anticipating the red light or the green light, and you're beeping two seconds before it happens and just trying to get everyone to move. Don't be the person screaming in the middle of the intersection. At least I'll tell my people, don't have a Restoration Road bumper sticker on out in the middle of down Wakefield Lake yelling at people. It doesn't help the cause. It matters when we're kind even on the roads. When we let someone go, do you know like 15 people could have cut them off and just one person letting them go, giving them a wave, can make them think about goodness and goodness can lead them to think about God. Like it says in Luke, let your works glorify your heavenly father that might point people towards him. Just an act like that, just an act like that of patience can really change someone's day and who knows the evangelist that will come by later on that day and it will open up their heart for the gospel to be shared. Secondly, be slow to anger with people who give you bad customer service. You guys nasty with the waitresses and waiters at the restaurant? Some of you in here, it got tight in here when I asked. <laughs> we have an opportunity every time we go out to eat to be patient with someone when our steak isn't right. When those mashed potatoes ain't right, the gravy ain't right. We have an opportunity, because I'm telling you, it's a human institution and we're going to run into people that give us bad customer service, whether a restaurant or business or whatever. And the way we react, those are the grounds where the Christian ethic is lived out. Where we could show off the patience of God. I, I went horseback riding um, a couple weeks ago up in North Conway, me and my family on vacation. And this, uh, this lady gave us, gave us the worst customer service I have ever received. She made me, fat, she made me um, feel like we were doing something wrong because we came and wanted to ride the horses. It was so bad that we just said to her, I said to my um, family and friends, I said she could have problems with anxiety. Let's just be patient and let's just be kind to her and see where this goes. And for 20 minutes she was so rude and we just kept loving her and we kept being kind to her to finally, do you know that she opened up and became so friendly just because we showed off the patience and we built a friendly relationship? See, sometimes the people you run into, whether it's a restaurant or a horseback riding, we don't know what they have gone through. We don't know how they've been hurt or how they sinned and how a little bit of patience will show off the glory of God to them. And the last thing, I see that timer, 2.23, I gotta get serious here. A lot of pressure up here. 
Be soft with our responses to our coworkers. And I'll just go through this quick. And I'll say this quick because I want to get to my last point. God puts you, and this is what I want to think. Some of you are bosses. Some of you are leaders. And God's going to put people in your life that he's calling you to be patient with so they can grow. And if you're impatient with them, it doesn't allow that soil of patience so they can grow, whether it's in ministry or at work. God's calling you to be slow to anger and patience because you're the ones he chose to be long-suffering with that person so they can grow in Christ, whether it's leadership, ministry, job, wherever it is. Amen? Please hear that. That's for some people here today. And I want to read this final <coughs> definition that A.W. Pink gave us. I believe it's a powerful definition of patience. He writes, The patience of God is that excellency which causes him to sustain great injuries without immediately avenging himself. When I hear that definition, it brings me to the cross of Christ. In all of history, in all the cosmos, in everything that's ever existed, nothing has shown off the patience of God more more than the cross of Christ. Amen? That God's only son, the unique, one-of-a-kind son of God, chose to be punished for our sins. Our sins. To be injured for our sins so that he did not have to deal with us according to our sins shows off the slow to anger, long-suffering, patient God that we all worship. Amen? So whenever you think that God might not be patient, with you. Remember the cross of Christ in all its glory. That his excellency was shown off. That God is patient. He is loving. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will always be with you. Let's pray.